0: It's me, So I'm going to be starting the 16th chapter. As the name suggests, Danny, the champion of the world. So The name of this chapter is the champion of the world. But we are yet to find out how Danny became it. So let's get started. It was not as dark as I expected to be in the world this time. Little glints and glimmers from the brilliant moon outside showed through the leaves and gave the place a cool, eerie look. I brought a light for each of us, my father said. We are going to need it later on. He handed me one of those small pocket torches shaped like a fountain pen. I switched mine on. It threw a long, narrow beam of surprising brightness, and when I moved it around, it was like waving a very long, white wand among the trees. I switched it off. We started walking back towards the clearing where the peasants had eaten their raisins. This, my peasant said, will be the first time in the history of the world that anyone has even tried to poach roosting peasants. Isn't this marvelous, though, to be able to walk around without worrying about the keepers? You don't think Mr. Rabbits might have sneaked back again just to make sure? Never, my father said. He's gone home to supper. I couldn't help thinking that if I had been Mr. Rabbit and if I had seen two suspicious-looking character lurking just outside my precious peasant wood, I certainly would not have gone home to my supper. My father must have sensed my fears once because he reached out and look, took my hand in his folding his long warm arms around mine. Hand in hand, we threaded our way through the trees towards the clearing and in a few minutes we were there. Here's where we threw the raisins, my father said. I peered through the bushes. My, the clearing lay pale in, and milky in the moonlight. What do we do next? I asked. We stay here and wait, my father said. I could just make out his face under the peak of his cap, his pale lips pale, his cheeks flushed, his eyes shining bright. Are they roosting that? Yes, they're all around us. They don't go far. ''Could I see them if i shone my light up in the branches? ''No,'' he said. ''They go up pretty high and they hide in among leaves.'' We stood waiting for something to happen. Nothing happened. It was very quiet there in the wood. ''Danny?'' My father said. ''Yes, Dad. It's been wondering how a bird managed to keep its balance sitting on branch when it's asleep.'' ''I don't know,'' I said. ''Why?'' It's very peculiar," he said. What's peculiar? It's peculiar that the bird doesn't topple off its perch as soon as it goes to sleep. After all, if we were sitting on a branch and we went to sleep, we would fall off at once, wouldn't we? Birds have claws and long toes, Dad. I accept they hold on with those. I know that, Danny, but I still don't understand why the toes keep gripping the perch once the trees sleep. Surely everything goes limp when you fall asleep. I waited for him to go on. I was just thinking, he said, that if a bird can keep his balance when it's asleep, then surely there isn't any reason why the pill should make it fall down. It's doped, I said. Surely it will fall down if it's doped. But isn't that simply a deeper sort of sleep, he said. Why should be it to fall down just because it's in a deeper sleep? There was a gloomy silence. I should have tested it with roosters, the father added. Suddenly, the blood seemed to have drained right off his cheeks. His face was so pale, I thought he might going to be faint. But dad would have tested it with roosters before he did anything else, he said. And at that moment, there came a soft thump from the bird behind us. What was that? I asked. Shh! We stood listening. Thump! There's another, I said. It was a deep muffled sound as though a bag of sand had been dropped to the ground. Thump! There are peasants, I cried. Wait, there must be peasants, Dad. Thump! Thump! You may be right, Danny. We switched on our torch and ran towards the sound. Where are they, Dad? My father said. Over here, Dad. Two of them were over here. I thought they were this way. Keep looking, they can't be far. We searched for about a minute. Here's one, my father called. When I got him, he was holding a magnificent cock bird in both hands. We examined it closely with our torches. It stooped to high heaven, my father said. It won't wake up for a week. Thump, there's another, I cried. Thump, thump. Two more, my father yelled. Thump, thump. Jeepers, my father said. Thumb, 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 thumb. All around us, the peasants were starting to rain down out of the trees. We began rushing down madly in the dark, sweeping the ground with our torches. Thumb, Tom, thumb, thumb. This lot fell almost on top of me. was right under the tree as they came down and I found all of them immediately, two cocks and a hen. They were limp and warm, their feathers wonderfully soft in the hand. Where shall I put them, Dad? I called out. Lay them here, Danny. Just pile up there, here where it's light. The father was standing on the edge of the clearing of the, the moonlight streaming down all over him with a great bunch of peasants in each hand. His face was bright, his eyes big and bright and wonderful, and he was staring round him like a child who has just discovered that the whole world is made up of chocolate. Thump! Thump! It's too many, I said. It's beautiful, he cried. He dumped the birds he was scanning and ran off to look for more. Thump! Thump! Thump, it was easy to find them now. There were one or two lying under every tree. I quickly collected six more, three in each hand, and ran back and dumped them with the others. Then six more, then six more after that. And they still keep falling. The father was in a rill of excitement now, dashing about like a mad ghost under the trees. I could see the beam of his torch waving around in the dark. And every time he found a word, he gave a little yap of shrimp. Thump! Hey, Danny, he shouted. Yes, I'm over here. What is it, Dad? What do you think the great Victor, Mr. Victor Hazel would say if he could see this? Don't talk about it, I said. For three or four minutes, the peasants kept on falling. Then suddenly, they stopped. Keep searching, my father shouted. There's plenty more on the ground. Dad, I said. Don't you think we ought to get out it's going good? Never, he shouted. Not on your life. We went on searching. Between us, we looked around every tree within hundred of yards of clearing, north, south, east, and west. And I think we found most of them in the end. At the collecting point, where there was a pile of peasants as big as a bonfire, it's a miracle. My father was saying, "It's an absolute miracle." He said, staring at them in kind of trance. Shouldn't we just take about six each and get out quick? I would like to count them, Danny. Dad? Not now. I must count them. Can't we do that later? One, two, three, four. He began counting them very carefully, picking up each board in turn and laying it carefully to one side. The moon was directly overhead now and the whole clearing was brilliantly lit up. I felt as though I was standing in a glare of powerful headlamps. 117, 118, 119, and 120, he cried. It's an all-time record. He looked happier than I'd ever seen in his life. The most my dad ever got was 15 when he was drunk for a week afterwards, he said. But this, this, my dear boy, is an all-time world record. Except it is, I said. And you did, Danny. The whole thing was your idea in the first place. I didn't do it, Danny. Oh, yes, you did. And you know what makes you, my dear boy? It makes you the champion of the world. He pulled up his sweaters and unwound the two big cotton sacks from round his belly. Here's yours, he said, handing one of them to me. Fill it up quick. The light of the room was so strong I could read the prints across the front of the sack. JV Crumb, it's at Gaston Floor Mills, London SW seventeen. You don't think that keeper with the brown teeth is watching us with very moment from behind a tree? I said, No chance, my father said. If he's anywhere, he'll be down at the filling station waiting to catch us coming home with the loot. We started loading the peasants in the sacks. We, they were soft, fluffy necked, and the skin underneath the feathers was still warm. We can't possibly carry this lot away home. Of course now there will be testing waiting us. On... There will be a taxi waiting for us on the track outside the wood. A taxi? I said. My dog's always made use of a taxi on a big job, he said. Why a taxi for heaven's sake? It's more secret, Danny. Nobody knows who's inside a taxi except the driver. Which driver? I asked Charlie Kinch. He's only too glad to oblige. Does he know about the Poochin too? Old oh, Charlie Kinch. Of course he does. He's poached more peasants in his time when we have sold gallons of petrol. We finished loading the sacks and my father humped his onto his shoulders. I just couldn't do that with mine. It was too heavy for me. Drag it, my father said. Just drag it along the road. My sack was 60 birds inside it and it weighed a ton, but it slid quite easily over the dry leaves with me walking backwards and pulling it with both hands. We came to the edge of the wood and peered through the hedge onto the map track. My father said, Charlie boy, very softly, and the old man behind the wheel of the taxi poked his head out in the moonlight and gave us a slight toothless grin. We slid through the hedge, dragging the sacks after us along the ground. Hello, 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 Charlie Kent said. What's all this then? So guys, this was all about chapter 16. I hope you like it. Don't forget to click on the follow button and share it with everyone you know. I'll see you tomorrow in the next chapter. Till then, take care and bye-bye.